Hello, and welcome to the Christmas special of Carbide Content. I'm David from Contraption Collection. I am Dalen from MachineWise. And I'm John from Triaxis. And so we all had our Christmas spirit tested before we started this episode, and Grant's wasn't high enough. Uh, so <laughs> he's uh, not allowed on the episode. No, Grinch is here. <laughs> exactly. So what have you done in the last two weeks, Dalen? Uh, to start in that intro, I forgot my name and my company name simultaneously. <laughs> so that was fun. Who, who am I? <laughs> I, I? Yeah, I brain farted pretty hard for a second. Yeah. Um, the last two weeks have been a lot of not machining for me in directly, which is odd. Um, I mean, yeah, we were just talking about it and I realized that I don't do machining anymore. <laughs> nice. Or bad. It's strange. It's it's not bad. It's actually good because that means that that side of the shop is um, self-sufficient now. Yeah. My machinist is, has been awesome. Um, slowly, slowly trying to get my computer set up so I can start teaching programming. So I do some programming still, but like I don't. I don't run production anymore, and it's weird. Hmm. Yeah. It's very that weird. That sounds cool. Yeah, like he was gone. He was gone for for like a day or two over the last couple of weeks because he had a couple of vacations lined up before he started, which is totally fine. Um, and so I think I ran production for like a day or two, and I I didn't remember the processes, and everything was different from how I would normally like you know load parts or or things like that or like where tools were, and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not, I'm not the one who does this now. Yeah, I'm gonna crash something. Yeah, right. <laughs> So that's a kind of cool realization. Um, gosh, what else? Everything is just kind of running well, aside from the fact that I don't know how to purchase hardware in time. Same. Yeah, I, I'm missing out on a drop this weekend because I didn't buy hardware. It's kind of awkward. But your hardware is custom, so it's also like not just something you get in two Correct. days. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's because so I have a I have a part time assembly tech now, uh, an intern, if you will. And he's been fantastic. Um, he's young, he's 15, and he has been an absolute amazing employee. I'm, I'm very impressed. But because he's been doing assembly, mostly, uh, I'm also not involved in assembly nearly as much. So I I didn't realize we were out of hardware. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, right. So I need to find some kind of minimum quantity system, either Kanban cards or find some kind of cheaper entry level ERP software or something. But I need to stay more on top of uh, purchasing. Yeah, the ERP thing is like it's such a big, big thing to do that you might it not is. get around to it. But the right. Kanban cards are so easy that. Uh-huh. Like know. the the old hobbyist programmer in me wants to just like make one from the ground up slowly as I need it. Yeah. But that's probably a waste of my time. I don't have the experience you do, but I feel like you could get away with a whiteboard and Kanban cards until you have like oh yeah seven employees or something. So here's one thing I'm interested in. So I made a machine-wise Discord, not a public one, just for internal machine-wise employees. Okay. Um, and I want to use it for like all of my documentation on processes. Mm-hmm. I want to. Uh, I have a purchasing channel where if we need something purchased. Anyone can go in there and say, we need these. And then I buy them. Uh, it's mm, been really good. good. Um, and I'm, 
I wonder if I could find a some kind of bot or something for Discord that could like send purchasing emails if I approve it. Probably. I, I'll just turn Discord into my ERP. You could. Because Discord is surprisingly powerful. Yeah. There's also um what is it? Is it Google Hangouts is pretty good. It's almost okay. exactly the same thing like you're using it for you could use google hangout hangouts okay for, i think Interesting. um google probably have a bunch of apis that are good for that yeah and and luckily it kind of integrates with all like google drive which i switched to from that Google's is nice yep. and um you can search it too okay so it's like it's kind of a uh, the only issue like you make something and then you like, oh, I wrote that or typed it up. Where is uh-huh. it kind of thing? At least right. if it's in the one ecosystem, then yeah, you can just search the entire ecosystem and po- like pop it up yep. via keyword. But yeah, exactly. And like Discord's nice because I can, you know, set roles for different employees like, you know, Jacob, the machinist, William, the assembly, have them different roles. And then I can make them see only certain channels that are relevant to them. Yeah. So I can make like I can make a process documentation channel that's just related to Opus's. And it has everything in there for, you know, how to load parts, the tools that it needs, you know, all the relevant stuff, how to set the machine up for it. Yeah. I mean, if it's working, then don't switch because. Right. Know. I haven't gotten quite that far with it yet. Yeah. Um, but that's that's what I think I want to do with it is just make Discord my <laughs> my weird little document ecosystem. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that. Gosh. Not a terrible lot has happened the last couple of weeks. I stayed up way for way too long that one day last week for the podcast for silly reasons. Yeah. That wasn't even work related. <laughs> That's <laughs> the worst part. I'm not going to ask. That's why I felt bad for skipping that that podcast. But it was like an hour before and my I was completely out of it. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah. Surface grinder still working. Yep, it's working great. It has. Only one little quirk right now. Mm-hmm. When it when it finishes grinding, it goes and parks the table to the right. Uh, kind of mm-hmm. like you know, it's the cycle end. Um, yeah. Like half the time right now, when it goes to park the table, it just runs the table into the hard stop, and then the whole machine shakes. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um. So I I don't know how it what like how it breaks the table. I don't know if there's just a little pneumatic break in there or something. Um. Yeah. I just reached out to the support people today about it um and they're looking into it for me and i'm probably going to have them send a tech out just to do a whole machine look over anyway yeah probably not a bad idea yeah because i love the grinder aside from that it's been phenomenal nice so so it, does it have digital uh stuff going on or is it like purely mechanical or purely analog electronics it's analog as it gets um i mean even programming the cycles um you have to you program it and then it it only knows that program for as long as it is in it, that as long as it's in automatic mode. The second you leave automatic mode, that program is forgotten. So it's all just mm. like logic switches, basically. Mm. The only thing digital on there really is the uh, z-axis DRO, which is the y-axis DRO, actually. Yeah, I wonder how it even knows to like park the machine. Uh, there's so there's a limit switch on the on the back of the table, and there's a little rail. Uh, so when the table goes left, it pushes the switch out. So I thought that's how it knew where the table was, at least what direction it was moving. 
but um all that all that's used for i found out is just to um because it can you can do various increments of down feed uh on yeah. on either side of the table so you could have it move down one tenth on one side of the table and two tenths on the other if you want oh, that's interesting yeah, it's, it's it's only useful for slot grinding, which I've been doing a lot of recently. Hmm. What, what have you been doing that about? The slot grinding? Yeah. So we have a really wide wheel on it. It's an inch and a half wide. Yeah. Uh, so it the width of the wheel encompasses the width of all of our blades. Like, like a singular blade is less wide than our wheel. Yeah. And slot grinding is really fast. There's a... Huh. It's, it, it's really good material removal rate. Um, so you do like a a step down when the wheels will be climbing, and a different step down when it's would be uh, conventional cutting. Yep. And, and and the table just moves left and right, and that's it. Um, so when we have like small batches of things to grind, uh, like slift tee blades are a good example right now. Uh, we we're not doing a bunch of slift tees at the moment because we can't. Um, instead of loading like six of them on the table and having it traverse the whole table or having to move the limit switches for the table travels. We'll just grind like three at a time and do slot grinding. And it'll take about two minutes to take off six thou of material across three blades. Damn. Okay. It's ridiculously quick. Yeah. I would worry that like the accuracy would be harder to control because uh, the whole width of the wheel is wearing instead of mostly one edge. Yeah, I was concerned about that, too, because if it's only moving, you know, it's not moving along the width of the wheel, it's just moving it down, it would start grinding in, you know, really small channels into the wheel, and then you wouldn't have yeah. a flat surface. Yep. But that hasn't been an issue, so, I mean, we haven't done it in, like, a true production setting. We've only done, like, you know, six blades here, five blades there kind of thing. But um, it's really, yeah, really accurate so far. It probably depends how hard the wheel is. Yep. It's more accurate, actually, because... uh. We're removing less material per cycle if we're only doing three blades at a time. So there's like no real, real wheel right. there. The wheel's huge too, also. It's huge. So like yeah. It's, yeah. 14 inch diameter. Like Jeez. a huge amount of surface area. Like uh -huh. cutting, cutting. Um, what RPM does or the wheel turn? I have absolutely zero idea. <laughs> does it look, uh, does it look scary? It's horrifyingly fast. Does oh, it spin no. fast? <laughs> It spins fast and and it's it it ramps up in like half a second. Damn, oh that's the thing gosh. that really scares me. Like you you turn on the spindle, and like you have turned on the spindle. Like yeah, <laughs> it's ready to go and it's scary. It's a lot of mass because like if I was turning on a lathe apart fourteen inches in diameter, I would, you know, I'd yeah, be right. going like a, a hundred RPM or less. Or yeah, no, I think this thing is spinning at least two thousand RPM. Oh my gosh, I'm not entirely sure. The surface footage is ridiculous on it. That much I do know. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah some small course in the grinder. Heck out of it. I I actually haven't touched the wheel at all. It came with the wheel on. Yeah, I, I, I did. That. <laughs> I did the dummy check with the wheel, where you just kind of spin it a little bit when it's off, and then see if it settles anywhere. But you can't really trust it that much because bearing preload. Sure. Um. But I just kind of went. I went the assumption route. I just assumed it was balanced and it's been really good so far. There's no waves in the finish, so. Okay. Yeah. I'm also afraid to take it off because I don't know how long it's been on, so I don't know how, like, locked to the taper the, the mm -hmm. wheel hub is. Well, you'll have to take it off at some point. 
I do wonder about that. That wheel's probably as old as I am. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, maybe you could be you getting a, don't tempt, don't don't fly too close to the sun, but maybe a modern wheel would get even crazy good, like oh, even better I've, results. I thought about it. I would love to get a wheel that I actually know what the grit is and what the composition of it is. This is not too, too stuck on there, I'd imagine. I'm sure it's not. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm afraid to find out, but it's probably fine. But yeah, well, there's a couple small quirks. Grinder's been great. It's ridiculously accurate. We're about 50 millions out across the entire chuck. Damn. Yeah. So all all 12 by 24 inches is entirely usable. Yeah, well, it's funny when you get to like. Oh. It's funny when you get to like that measurement because uh-huh. would, it'd be useless to me because I'm like I'm in a shop that's not climate controlled or at least I have temperature swings that are like ten degrees. So it's like yep. fifty millions one hour is not the same. Oh, yeah, exactly. Hour. Yep. Yeah. In the manual, it actually wants you to warm it up for like thirty minutes or something. Yeah, that's not surprising. Yeah, Do it's you, not. Um, what kind of is it? Is it water cooling or is it? Yeah, I guess you use water coolant and grinder, yeah. right? Yeah, it's we're just using 250C, regular old Qualicum. Gotcha. Yep. I've heard Although, of people putting uh, fish tank heaters in the coolant just to keep oh, it like, interesting. Uh, always the same, essentially. So you don't yeah. get like the... Not, it's growth. not a thermal shock, I guess. It's just the fact that the coolant's cold when you start, yep. and then after a couple It'll hours, warm up. it's going to be warm. So it's just yep. to keep it like... But since, since you're already like hitting and... You were saying, like, as long as it's under, you know, a couple tenths or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we only need good. to hold realistically. I mean, we have like a, for the best possible assembly results, we have like a two tenth tolerance window. Mm-hmm. Um, and that 50 millionths across that entire is just uh, repeatability from part to part across the whole chuck. Gotcha. We're not actually holding 50 millionths tolerances. Yeah. Because the machine only moves in one tenth increments, um, right? Realistically, we're holding between one and two tenths on the high end. Yeah. Yep. Because like we nice. shoot for like we shoot for one twenty five two. Gotcha. And we're we're always within a tenth of that. So. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm jealous. <laughs> it's it's really nice. I mean, it's it's way too much grinder for us. Oh, um, well, this grinder. You know, that's something you can grow into. So I exactly. Mean, I mean, yeah. As long as decision. Maybe I'll talk to you on my next. Yeah, Gosh, right. Uh, I send them, please. Um, as long as it continues to work, this grinder will probably outproduce us for many years to come. Yeah. Okay, now what have you been up to, John? Uh, well, before I get to that, since it's the end of the year, are we gonna have an episode next week? What, what day is that? David, tell this me. last episode this year? Nope. We have no, it's not. The I'll ask my. I'll ask my end of your questions on that one then <laughs> all right then cool. yeah uh what have i been doing i think i'm gonna have four knives done tonight which is sweet oh, oh hell nice. yeah yeah so that that i th- it's close to the most i've ever had in one week and i think i'll have a fifth one done tomorrow so nice that's awesome how long did it take to make the parts uh so i've just been stacking parts up that are good and then just kind of <laughs> like throwing things together. Uh-huh. So I'm kind of at that stage where the machine just runs when I need it kind of thing. It's not really okay. running 
I just mean like uh, you didn't make the parts also in the same day or something. Oh, no, that would be really impressive, but physically impossible because <laughs> the yeah. handles take the second op takes four and a half hours for two ha handles. So that's four total handles. So. Well, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have said day, but still like it's cool that you got a, a bunch that are coming out good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm still kind of messing with that whole like lock bar bending thing mm. trying to get that like squared away i guess but other than that it's been pretty pretty good i have like taper on the lock bar inserts the oh the actual like outside contour of them which has been kind of a weird problem to try to oh. fix but it's not a hard problem to fix i'm just like yep. every time i go to install these they go halfway down and then they get wedge stuck what i think um... it's... yeah what what tools are you using on the like to machine them? That because of the way the internal corners are, it has to be a one sixteenth tool okay. or smaller. Is it a so hard that, mill specific end mill? No, it's just a like an Alton coated. Uh, it's okay. actually square ended, uh, okay. but uh, they're set, they sit on islands, so I go past the end of it anyway. So there isn't like yep. a burr on the bottom, but. Yeah, I think honestly, I used to have. Yeah, I used to have taper issues even on like my blade thicknesses. Yeah, back and when I, I was trying cheaper non hard mill end mills. Yeah, and I've like I've been now talking to like an actual salesman because I was buying these end mills from HTC and they sent me the wrong ones and they've done this before for this exact end mill. Mm. And I emailed oh. them and I was like, "What are you guys doing? Like, it's not the salesman. It's not like." You know, he's just a reseller or whatever. Yep. And I was like, this is like the second time or the third time this year that HCC has done this exact thing to this exact end mill. What are oh. they doing? <laughs> and he's like, oh, I don't really know what they're doing. <laughs> but and then I told him, I was like, well, I need that for the this specific, you know, for hard milling or yep. titanium or whatever. He's like, oh, try these. So I am talking to him about like actual high feed end mills that are for hard milling. Okay. Think okay. I like the idea of a really low like depth of cut in <laughs> that video because yeah, because the wall finishes are way noticeably better, even with cheap tooling. Okay, like, okay, significantly better. So I think now, like the taper's gone off the lock bar inserts, but it's also on the walls for the titanium, like on the handles, the pocket they mm -hmm. sit in. And I really think it's a noticeable problem because of the geometry in that area makes okay. it like it's it's an internal radius on the right side. And then there's an like an like an outside radius on the left side. And the yep. lock bar basically has to fit between those two. And then also there's these two islands that it gets located on. Mm -hmm. So I think there's just too much constraining going on in that area. OK, yeah. And then it because the corners are so tiny, you're like I don't the the Haas does a pretty good job of cutting like radiuses and circles, but uh -huh. they're not circles or no. They're usually some sort of egg shape. So when you then want to go like you want to high feed something and it's really tiny and you're trying yep. to go fast around corners, you end up you know, it's just the physics of moving the it big is. machine doing that. Even with the uh, look ahead turned on. Yeah. And it's just like normal smoothing. And then I uh -huh. tried a bunch of different stuff, but it's, I don't know. It's probably something silly. And because it's 
like the first couple of weeks of me trying this whole high feed thing. I think yep. the feeds are wrong for the one sixteenth tool, but for the oh, other yeah. stuff, it's really good. Um, and the nice. finishes are, I think, worth it. I don't. As far as like machine runtime, I don't really care if the machine has to run longer because I have oh, so yeah. much open spindle time. It's like it doesn't bother me whatsoever. I want open spindle time. That yeah. sounds nice. It's time to buy another spindle. Oh, uh, it it'll happen soon. Yeah. So you think you're getting better uh, finishes? I am now. Yeah, it's definitely the last couple of weeks have been just like trying to nail down finishes and the last frontier, if you will, are the blades. <laughs> like yep. always. But the handles, I don't, last week I was talking to, well, Dale and you weren't here, but I yep. was talking about, I changed the toolpath for the handles to use a bull nose essentially. And yep. oh, yeah. normal two to the surface. And that's knocked the tumbling time down for the handles to like an hour. So I'm like, nice. this nice. is amazing. So the finish that comes off for those is like exactly what you want. So I tried doing that for the blades. And I think I probably spent 14, 15 hours trying to get the same sort of toolpath to work. Uh -huh. But it didn't work because of the way the geometry of blade is and yeah it's a hollow is it a hollow yeah so you actually can't get the bottom of the bull nose to be like normal to it e uh yes if uh yeah basically on a if you scale down small enough you'll never be able well yeah you'll never be able to hit the bottom essentially correct but yeah if you go small enough then you could basically make that error so tiny that it wouldn't matter essentially. Yep. But I'm like, okay, I'm I'm gonna try grinding again. So I ordered a grinding wheel. <laughs> oh so nice. We'll see how that goes. I was really impressed with the bevel finishes on on midnight 46. Yeah. Um so that was basically that's from I think that one was hard milled with that OSG tool. Okay. And the final step over finish and that was using contour i think was yep, like okay i think that's a four tenths or a uh four thousand step down oh but really four power wow yeah so that that ends up being then tumbled for like 10 hours it feels like but the tabs yeah. are left on so what's cool is you can bring it back and then all the yep. locating features get recut so yep. that ends up like you can force a good finish into it by just waiting long enough uh-huh but yeah. Less tumble time is ideal then. It is, yeah, because you, you keep those corners, those the swedges and stuff kind of sharp looking. And, and personally, uh -huh. I think it looks way yeah. better when it's got a sharper look to it. That's fair. And the I think the best improvement I've made in the last couple months is the jimping on the top of the knife. I like the I jimping. I don't know if you tried it, but it's extremely aggressive and it's it not any it's angled away but it's also angled so the sharp edges are go into your finger uh, so it's kind of like an interesting thing if you look at the toolpath how it's done yeah but i was looking at it I was like oh, this is fun yeah it's got a weird like how is this machine type thing yeah, it's at just, it's at an angle and another angle yeah so uh, <laughs> i don't know i just Double like angle yeah, I was like cutting the normal jimping and I was like, what if I tilted it? And then I was like, <laughs> oh, interesting. So, yeah, I like yeah. it a lot. Yeah. 
I don't know. I've just been trying to nail stuff down, but I wasted so much trying time trying to get that tool path down. And the worst part is like when I was like, cause uh, you would get the finish super nice on like one part of the bevel, but when it would go into that, the sweep where it goes back up to like the bevel, the knife's thickness, you couldn't, uh-huh. you couldn't, the tool path wouldn't work. It was just the way kind of the surface was designed. And yep. the fact that it's that radius starts to get really tight in that area, uh-huh. it wouldn't generate properly. But the rest of the toolpath, because I just test cut one and I was like, it's a mirror. Like it's legitimately a mirror. You've seen floor finish, hard milling. Like oh a yeah, it's a mirror. <laughs> yeah. So that's what it was. And I was like, I want that I everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I need this on the bevel. Like I need to have this. So I spent so, so long on it. And like by the end of it, I was getting really, really mad because uh-huh. I'm like, I am wasting so much time doing this. Why won't you right. work? Gosh, I mean, so I yeah. Like, that's a, yeah. Grinding wheel. <laughs> Okay, I'm I'm really curious how that goes. You have 12k RPM. Yeah, it's probably going to be a disaster because of <laughs> because of the hollow grind and that tight radius. I'm not sure how it's going to go, but I am going to make a custom dress profile for it. Okay, by using a dresser on the fourth axis and then tilting it, and then Fun. like building a tool path that makes me a custom shaped grinding wheel. Nice using the dresser. So. What if you, so, because right now your blades are oriented, quote unquote, parallel along X, right? On the fourth axis? Yep. What if you just made them parallel with Y and then you could use a grinding wheel normally and have it grind along Z? Oh, okay. So like up and down? Well, I mean, it it would still grind along X, I guess, but the blades would be oriented along Z. Yeah, I, I think I get then you can use the actual diameter of the wheel to do the hollow. Like, like you, you wouldn't have to worry about the side of your wheel being flat, trying to grind the hollow that way. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm still kind of looking at it and I have contemplated, like, should I change the direction of them? Uh-huh. But I mean, the reason it was an X in the, the first place is just for like normal milling, I guess would have been yep. part density. It, it, it makes sense to put them that way. Yeah. So I think because now I'm constrained to it this way and I don't really feel like making another fixture right now. Yep. I'm going to try to get it to work and I'm hoping the results are good enough. But honestly, I don't think I have the surface footage for the smaller wheel that I need to use because of the way the the uh-huh. actual cut is. But we'll see because I don't know, like you don't really know, I guess, until. If the results are passable enough and you can kind of get rid of the the normal cusp bite you get from a ball mm-hmm. and get it to tumble faster, that's all I care about. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I don't really care to get like an actual ground finish and sold off the machine. Yeah. Yep. Just because of, I don't know, there's so much stuff that's like... Because of realistic physics. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure you've gotten the like, wow, I love that off the machine finish. Will you sell me one like that? No, I get that all the time. No, sorry. Like, I know, you, I know it looks really good. It does look really good, but it's only this part. Uh huh. Yeah. So, but yeah, just been hanging out. You get out. a grinding wheel that's like a full radius, like uh, like a donut shape, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, they make all sorts of crazy, oh. crazy grinding wheels. Um. They are hard to search for as far as like Googling goes, but right. once you find a couple of companies that do it, uh, okay. there is one of them, right? 
Who? Is it Thinbit that makes them? Uh, I'm not too sure. I'm trying to remember the brand that, that Grimsmo uses. It's a nice little arbor with tiny little wheels you can put on the end. Oh, gotcha. You know. wouldn't have the, yeah, none of us have the, the surface or the RPM required to get the surface footage on those tiny wheels, but. But damn, won't we try? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have a speeder, obviously. Besides it just being a slower process because you have to feed slower, what's the downside of not having enough surface footage? It won't work. It'll, like, it, yeah, it'll, it'll break just down. It'll burn the wheel it. up. And, yeah. And it'll yeah. From going too slow? grinder grinding wheels are weird they're yeah they're really weird all the surface footage always basically yeah as long as the wheel can handle the physical rotation forces yeah i think off the top of my head for like a three inch or is a inch and a half it's like five thousand surface footage oh gosh so or maybe it was just five thousand sfm so if you were at I don't remember. It's half. pretty high, though. Man. <laughs> so, yeah. 12,000 RPM wouldn't be enough for that. Um, yeah, what? I had it backwards because it that is the math does say that basically the smallest I could get away with with the certain this resin bond was like an inch and a half would have worked with 10,000 RPM. And oh, then, okay. And then, but going under that, you really started because. I'm like, well, I really need to be able to fit like a five eighths. And I'm like, mm-hmm. at 12K, it ends up being like 1500 RP or SFM. I don't really remember, <laughs> off the top of my head, but a it's not enough, basically. But we're going to yeah. try. <laughs> okay. I'm curious how it goes. Yeah. And if, if it's like, it has some, some, I've done it before with a much smaller wheel and like you can get a, grinding finish i just couldn't get the tool path and stuff to work and i didn't have the right shape essentially uh-huh so i was like even if it broke down but it like revealed that it could do it i'd be like "Ooh, i kind of need a speeder now yeah right yeah but they're expensive so yeah they are yeah we were talking about uh, those air powered ones a while ago yeah like air turbine spindle then like through spindle power. air powered it's really all cool. of the rpms yeah so but yeah. i mean if you could like if you could solve if I could solve the blade problem, that would be that'd be a big thing, I think. Yep. Could you just tool change a speeder and then use the the spindle lock command? Would that be enough torque to hold it? Yeah. Uh Air Turbine Tools actually makes one that's like a Cat 40 tool changeable one. They have a That's cool. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Yeah, and you, you don't, like and, and for them you don't need a through spindle either, because they have a it sits on the the spindle nose. It's an actual like a, adapter thing. So when a tool changes, it like seals against. It's it's an air coupling essentially, and that's how you can this this. And you can still fit regular tools in the spindle. Yeah, as I understand, there's that's that. actually really cool. Yeah, oh. there's them and oh, some, okay. somebody else. I think it might take like a large <clears throat> pocket, if you will, so it, you can't have like two tools in next to it. Yeah, like a space mill kind of. But yeah. I'm not for sure, but I know that somebody, at least two companies, I think, make an actual tool changeable one. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So. Oh. I don't know if if not, I'll I'll go get a cheap. I'll go get a Dremel or something <laughs> and stick it in a tool. Who's gonna stop me? Oh my 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 23 hour cycle time failed last night because my Dremel ran out of batteries. <laughs> my Dremel caught on fire. <laughs> Yeah. 
I've definitely I, ruined I, those before. I will do it. I have a Dremel. Why would oh, why I wouldn't would, that would work? You. Tell me it wouldn't work. If you if you if you um what the heck's the word? If you dress the if you dress the wheel, it's balanced, right? It'd be fine. Enough. I yeah. mean, it's not like it has a lot of cutting load. Yeah. It's just the cycle time Dremels aren't made for running for like <laughs> an hour at a time. Yeah. The only other the real the only other real concern I have is like how do you measure the grinding wheel with a touch tool setter because it's CBN? Oh, touch tool setter is carbide. How do you get? How do you measure oh, diameter? CBN? And, uh, yeah, it's ooh, it's a uh, resin bonded C- CBN, so you can actually dress into it. You would have to. You just have to do it with the spindle off. Don't rotate it. Yeah, and you can do it in like four places. You can make a custom macro to touch it. And then rotate the spindle like half a turn, touch it again. And I think that's what will have to happen because the the default Renishaw macros are the spindle turns for diameter. Yeah, yep. you have to make your own. Yeah. Which is easy so, to do, fortunately. Yeah. The only yeah. And then like, I guess doing the actual length of it is kind of an issue because the tool setter moves pretty far as far as like. For yeah. it to touch off, so I'm kind of yeah, just yeah. going to start scratching. scratching. Yeah. So what I don't is, know. This, luckily, length is not. It's one. I don't think it'll be as crucial as diameter. And two, yeah. like you can just put a sticky note between the surfaces and just. I mean, yeah. You track. could um the. Is it on an arbor? Is there a screw that holds it onto an arbor? I'm uh, yeah. I'm gonna try an arbor. I have. Okay, you could touch it off on the on the bottom of the arbor instead of the wheel, and then just measure that distance. Yeah, and, and I was and doing that for that, that other like, uh, what do you call it? Like convolute wheel. Okay. Yeah, but again, I think it's like the diameter is the big one. But the good news is, like you said, if you just do in four places, don't turn the spindle on, and just do it that way. I don't yep. necessarily care if it dings the setter because I don't use diameter for the other tools. Okay, I mean, if you don't use diameter for the other tools, period. I guess you could always make like a. You could turn up a hardened steel sleeve to go on the outer diameter of the thing. Yeah. I don't know. And have it be I a nice like, slip fit. Yeah, I feel like that would... I don't know how fast it would Mess start cutting. Yeah. Then again, it it's turned so slow that I wonder if it's bad for the wheel to do that. You know? Like, right. if you just left the carbide side on it and you spun the thing at, like, 200... RPM and then hit it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah like you have to be awful for it. Yeah, or you just get a bloom laser. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how much is how much is like just a bloom like tool? Measure? Probably ten thousand dollars just for the laser itself, not counting the install on the software. Yeah, I, I want a different realm. I yeah. want tool setting outside of the machine because that's what I, I do with I my Tormach with a, a height gauge. Yep, and I kind of wish I could just keep doing that forever. You can get a, I'll you get, can a get a really nice a, one. Yeah, I mean, they sell gauge line uh, measures. Yeah, I actually want to do that, too, and get one that has, like, the actual, uh, what do you call it, the scope or whatever, too, so you can see yeah. the yep. edges and stuff. They're pretty cool. They I are mean, really expensive, but I yeah, do like you, the idea of offline and then just right. tagging things. You could do it the cheap way, where you just make a block to put it in and then use a height indicator, but you ha- mm-hmm. then you have to measure the probe itself in that, too, and then set the probe length offset to be that. Oh, yeah, you could do that. Yeah, like you don't need to go off gauge line. You could go off anywhere, technically, as as long as the probe's going off of it, too. Yeah, but then you're not really like you're not gaining too much 
doing that you're not. if you have a tool setter. Yep. Yeah. Weird, fun, mm-hmm. janky probe things. I love that stuff. Yeah. David, what have you been doing? Um, so I took a week off last week. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so I definitely feel like I felt better coming in to do That's things good. this week. It's still like slow because of holiday stuff and trying to figure out what I want to do. But I, I had a big list of things to do and I actually like knocked them out in a day and I was like, oh, this isn't so bad. It's nice. kind of fun doing things when you don't feel like you have the sort of Damocles above your head. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, just like <laughs> the, the feeling of like, I just got to not do anything fun. I just got to like sell, get one out. I'm so close. I'm so close. I'm so close. You know, that's kind of gone a little bit and maybe I'll, um, Maybe I'll start feeling like I got to sell number two. I got to sell number two. But for right. now, I'm like giving myself some breathing room. And so I, I think I'm going to try something fun that could actually become a video, which, Ooh. you know, I feel bad. I've haven't made like real videos in a while. I miss my contraption collection of videos. <laughs> Same. I haven't made a video in a while. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, I'm going to try making buttons with a slitting saw. Nice. Yes. And so we did talk about this. We 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 kind of actually you might have come out up with the idea, Dalen, um, oh. where I was saying I wasn't really happy with how I'm making my buttons. Oh yeah. And uh, this was months ago, probably. <laughs> it was a while back now. And um, and so basically, I'm just gonna. I don't even have to make a fixture for the first time I try it. I'm just gonna put a rod in like a V block in a vise. Yep. Uh, and then just cut out the shape of a button. Actually. I, I'm going to do it probably where I stack like four buttons on top of each other and I cut the uh-huh. profile of four at the same time. Yep. And then uh, I even have a double-sided chamfer tool already that I've nice. used to make my pins so I can even do the chamfers on the top and bottoms of the buttons. That's awesome. Uh, and then I'll have to do the counterbores uh, or like maybe do a facing operation on the counterbores and then slit off uh, one of the buttons. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, then I'll have to do the counterbores on the next one and then slit it off again and so on. Unless I want to slit off just like the raw shape and then do a top two that's like just counterbores maybe. Um, I'll have to see. It depends how good a finish I can get uh, with um, the slitting saw. I'm hoping I can like cut it real close, like go halfway on one side, halfway on the other and be able to... um, you know, just snap it off and just like sand off a tiny yes, small amount can. of material. Yep. Uh, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure what to expect. And so maybe I'll have to do an op two anyway and I could change how I do it. Yep. Yeah. So the way I was, I made a bunch of parts that were tiny little things. They were made of titanium. They were basically like two little posts and then a, a rectangular base that they sat on. And they were tiny. Like the, the posts were probably 30 thou in diameter and they were like, I don't know, 100 thou long. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, we made tons and tons of those, and so we we took we made them out of just bar stock titanium. Um, and so I would machine a bunch of them out of one long bar, and then just slit slit across each side. Leave like, I think on those I was leaving about four thou, and then you can literally just kind of rip it off afterwards, and you sand the bottom for like five seconds, and it's perfect. So, uh, you left like a a tab in the center of the part. Yeah. Small path, not, not on an edge. No, yep, just just in the center. That way, okay. the, cutting, the forces on each side are about the same. 
Yeah, so I, that was one thing I thought of. The other thing I thought of is leaving a pip like a lathe. Like if I wanted to do this in a live twink lathe, you'd right in the middle. Mm-hmm. If you're parting it off, you'd end up with a, a circle. Yep. Um, so I thought about trying that parts. too. Your is your button round? It's it's more oval, right? No, no yeah, it's it's kind of a bumpy oval shape. Okay, if it's oval enough, I would do a line in the center. If it's more round, I'd do a little pip probably. And then one thing I heard of when people talk about five axis parts is instead of doing a straight line in the center, I put a slight curve in it. And Make so it stronger. it's still it's still thin, but it might be you know it's more of a a rigid yep. shape than It'll just make it a, stronger. Yeah, something floppy. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, I haven't done anything yet. I just today just got a couple of slitting saws in the mail. And like, it's crazy doing all this programming and, you know, everything always looks so big in the computer that I'm like, oh, uh-huh. <laughs> right. I ordered a one and a half inch saw. <laughs> yep. It's so cute, but it's so nice. And I got carbide. It's so like right. mirror polished and pretty. Oh, they're an inch and a half in diameter. I Yeah, that's oh, the smallest I could go. Really? So... Well, if I with Tormach tooling as well, um, so I'm waiting for a Tormach arbor for a half inch uh, hole. Um, yep. And so Maritool has saws with a three eighths inch arbor hole, and I could go a little smaller maybe. So so the buttons are like um, about five eighths wide. You know, they're like one inch in one direction and five eighths in the other. So you know, I need to go around 300 thousandths deep on each side okay. to get to the middle, right? Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yep. Oh. I was looking at the slitting saws on Maritool. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, um, you know, I thought about just buying a tool that's like a, a key seat cutter. Um, but, you know, I, I it still probably have to be like an inch or an inch and an eighth in cutting diameter and so that much carbide would be expensive or i could maybe a b tool has like carbide sintered ones or or i could do high speed steel i don't know but it, to me slitting saw seemed like a cheaper choice for the quality i get uh and it might last a while um, yeah and so mm-hmm. i don't know i could look at custom tooling or or maybe there's options out there i wasn't aware right. of you know like like I've gotten the 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 T slot cutters from Harvey, but theirs only go up to like five eighths cutting diameter, um, and you know you got to include the the like neck, so that that wouldn't cut deep enough. Yeah, yeah. I think the one that I have from Harvey is an inch and a half key seat cutter in diameter. I have like it has just under half an inch of of radial, but it's also an eighth inch thick. Wait, wait, wait. The the cutting diameter, the full cutting diameter is an inch and a half? No, the cutting diameter is just under a half inch, but it's a... Oh, under a half inch. Oh, okay. It's an inch and a half diameter on a half inch shank. Yep. <laughs> wait, wait. Okay, is this like for slots for uh, handles? Yes, yep. Okay, so what's the biggest diameter on the tool? Inch and a half. Oh, see, I didn't think Harvey made anything that big. Yeah, yep. It's under the key seat cutters or whatever that 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 tab is. It's the their high speed steel shanks with a brazed on uh, carbide end. Oh, okay. I didn't see those. What's the like neck diameter? 
The uh, so these are straight shank, so it's just a half inch shank all the way through and through. Okay. Huh. Maybe I should look at those. I wonder if that'd be better or worse. Than what I'm doing. They're so. I mean, they're my. It's like 190 bucks for the one I bought. Okay. Yeah. So whereas I'm I was still... just looking at these slitting saws on Meritool, they're like 16 dollars or something. Well, those are probably high speed. They're well, small. Or, or those are probably like either six thou thick or or they're high speed steel. Yeah. Those are okay. Those are the the those are smaller, but yeah, they're much cheaper. No, no, the one I I got one that was an eighth inch and one that's a sixteenth of an inch. Okay. And, uh, yeah, like thirty three. Yeah, one was like forty dollars. One was like seventy dollars or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's not terrible. And they just go in an arbor, right? Yeah, they're very shiny. Yeah, they look they look pretty good. They actually look pretty nice. I'm curious how those how those work out. I think that might work out really well. I I hope so. So when we actually talked about the idea, uh, or when you had the idea, you talked about just doing like a bar and doing like a bunch of them out of the same bar, like next to each other, like a, like a rectangle or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, like uh, rectangular. And, uh, I'd have to remove so much material in between to fit the tool, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so I'm, I just got like inch diameter round sock and I'm just going to do just, just one part, but multiple stacked on top of each other. Okay. If you only slit along, like, like in one direction, if you leave oh, a you're line right. directly you're right. in the I wouldn't have to slot yeah. all the way through the side. Yep. Like I, I don't need to space them out an inch and a half or even yeah. less than that. Okay, yeah, you're right. I guess I could... Uh, I'll see if this works, but potentially I could be making like 20 at a time yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, instead of running one and then changing the offset and doing it again. Yeah. And so the more I stack up, if I want to do the contour multiple at a time you know, the, uh, the longer flute length tool I need. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so I'm just using my regular quarter inch that I use for everything. And so it's only like seven fifty uh, mm -hmm. flute length. Um, so, so I'm probably limited to like four right now, but if I, if I go to a three eighths tool or I get a special tool, uh, you know, maybe I could even do like eight yep. stacked on top of each other. I don't know how much benefit I'm getting. I don't know how much this, uh, Makes sense. And if I was also doing them next to each other, I I would have to make a little fixture with just like some pit bull clamps. Yeah. Um, but either way, like even if this isn't long term, like long term, it probably this is a part where if I could get like some pre-ground aluminum sheet and then just cookie cut them out, um, that's probably like the most efficient. But I don't know, honestly, because. Or, well, or if I actually did have them. the lathe, then maybe this would be the most efficient. If I had the live tool Y-axis, that would oh, go yeah, crazy. No-brainer on that one. But uh, you have a lathe? I, no, I don't. I'm saying if I had, if I did this mm -hmm. method, but on a lathe and parted them off instead of a slitting saw, then like in a bar feeder, it'd be crazy. I have lathe envy yeah. of you, John. Yeah. <laughs> I have lathe. I have envy when I turn it on and I try to use it. <laughs> Is it not reliable? The hundred thou increment button stopped working. Oh yeah, you did say that. You know how annoying that is. Extremely. <laughs> it's like three thousand turns. <laughs> Chuck. I'm like, so oh no, make... not again. <laughs> when are you gonna make an adapter for your hand drill? <laughs> I know, right? That's a good idea, actually. Oh no, I take it back. It's a great idea. I don't know if you can get the. I don't know what's wrong. I don't know if it's the button or it's the actual control board. Is it a button or is it a like a pulse generator? 
it's oh it's, no it's just the selector button huh yes so, that's the worst that's so annoying yeah i don't know if i can use my newfound electronic skills to fix it i barely passed <laughs> yeah right <laughs> yeah so i have a uh, one other thing uh that's new is i ordered a sandblaster this week oh, oh did you get that one yeah i haven't gotten it yet either but uh nice. Yeah, um, and so it comes with uh, like some kind of crushed glass media, but then oh. I got like a fine glass bead media as well. Okay. Um, so I don't know. I uh, I'll try those out. That that's another thing where it's like maybe that'll be a fun video. That's kind of what I was trying yeah, to conclude definitely. with this thing where it's like I was saying like maybe doing a big sheet, maybe doing this and that. Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe there's better ways, but um, I think I just am kind of excited to try a different machining thing I haven't done before so that I have yeah, a video definitely. idea. Cause That'll be fun. I, I haven't made videos, not just because it's very time-consuming, but because I've just kind of been doing the same thing I've already done a lot, and so I right. feel like I can't make a great video out of stuff I've been doing yep. in the last yeah. few months. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, th- hopefully this is fun. And... Um, another thing that's good about this method is I've, ha- I've expressed my frustration with ordering stock that's cut. Uh-huh. And so when I, when I get 70, 75, it, it's always has to be cut out of a plate and getting it where it's actually the size you want. And it's actually square and all that has been such an yep. annoyance. And so at least with the buttons now I could just, you know, maybe eventually I'll do the rectangle bar we were talking about but right now it'll be yep. nice to just use round bar for a little bit and i know the size will be fine uh-huh yeah yeah round bar is so easy to get in like all materials and it doesn't even have to like i said i'm not even going to make a fixture for a while so yep i don't have to do any stock prep you know and and nice. it's like low stakes you know i make four they're bad whatever it's exactly. not like it's not like making a vacuum pallet that's supposed to make 50 and i mess up the stock prep Yep. Yeah, you know, the whole sheet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, hopefully that and the the um blast blaster will be something I can turn into videos. That'll be cool. I like that blasting cabinet. I almost bought one when you sent the link. Which one did you uh, buy? Uh it's from TP Tools Scat Blast USA. Oh yeah, yeah. They make good stuff. Yeah, Lucas uh recommended it to me. Nice. A while ago. Yep. Well, <laughs> nice to have a nice uh, blast cabinet for sure. What what media are you guys using for blasting? Just blast. Yeah. Okay, I was uh, I do a when I was blasting. I haven't blasted in a while now. I use a combination of a uh, it's it, it's eighty grit garnet, which is just sand basically, and then eighty grit glass bead mixed together. Okay, interesting. Yeah, it just it's glass. It's from Harbor Freight. I have no idea what like grit it is, but I think it's a little over fifty or something. I'm not trying to get if you want, but that's what j- I've been using that for blades and titanium because on yep. titanium it works really good. And I, th- I think one time I tried like aluminum oxide and it destroyed titanium very quickly. But <laughs> I was at like sixty or seventy psi. So uh, the glass, yeah. I'm the glass, I'm pretty high actually. It's like seventy psi, but it doesn't destroy things it yep yeah just, i love glass bead the problem with glass bead is that it, it it likes to explode on impact and then it's not reusable for very long and then you just mm. have glass dust everywhere 
Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I've been using the same batch for like over a year now. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Maybe it's because it's already crushed. It does. <laughs> just use it does glass powder. It does like flash off when it hits titanium, though, which is funny. Yeah, it's that might be titanium flashing off. I'm not yeah, too sure, but the titanium sparks when you blast it. Yeah. Yeah, that's just the titanium itself. Yeah, it's fun. It's it is fun to blast titanium. Yeah, for some reason, my blast cabinet shocks me. Oh, yeah, mine does. Too. I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> Cold Did and dry. Static, maybe. Yeah, static. Oh, yeah, it's static. static. Yep. It shocks me really bad. Oh, yeah, same. Yeah, so I, I have two goals with getting the cabinet, kind of. One is um, that I still, whether I do it or someone else do it, I have a ugly discoloration happen with my blades after heat treat. Yep. And so on that side, it's like maybe I want less aggressive. Maybe I want even to try like soda blasting, although I think I'd have to get an adapter or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but like maybe... I want as light as possible. But the other side of it is maybe I do want to try to use blasting to make it so I don't have to tumble things for as long because, uh, if I do it after heat treat, uh, all the important stuff is going to get re hard milled anyway. Um, so I might be able to, you know, be fairly aggressive and try to get rid of some more tool marks before, uh, a final step of tumbling. Yep. Or maybe even do a finish that doesn't get tumbled. I'm not sure. You yeah. should have better tumble results after after blast to some extent. I get not any noticeable improvement whatsoever oh, after blasting better. and going to tumble. Like it immediately shows any tool marks that were there. Okay. Mm. Bye. But it, I feel like the glass isn't aggressive enough for steel to change the surface, but you can't like the geometry itself, but it will hide things until you try to do something that re-reveals those things, such as like tumbling. But that's just my experience. Yeah, and you haven't really had much discoloration problems, have you? As far as like the heat treating goes? Yeah. No, it they're like, they come out kind of white, but even if they came out like crusty black, it wouldn't matter because they're getting service ground and machined after anyways. Yeah, they're fully hard milled. Yeah. yeah, my mine, it's either there's like if I do it, if I do the heat treating, there'll be uh, like uh, just an area that'll get some rainbow colors, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes in an area that's hard to tumble out. And then if someone else does the heat treating, then they'll, you know, half the time they come out nice, half the time they, you know, come out like pink looking. Gotcha. Pink. Interesting. Like a pinkish, bronzish, weird color. Yeah, I can imagine that. Sometimes I get like a weird whitish fade to like a weird color like that. Yeah. So I've I've tried multiple heat treating places and I sent out an email not to Phoenix to one of the other ones I used and uh um I haven't gotten a response back. I just I was just trying to ask them like, hey, I thought this was like a vacuum thing. Why mm-hmm. does it seem like there's different results? You know, hoping for advice like maybe I just left oil on them or I don't know. Yeah. But still, I I don't know. And I also might experience uh, experiment with um, blasting aluminum parts too because I don't like the idea of doing it because it's more labor intensive than tumbling. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, 
I do like the look of it. Speed Blast is really nice. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Very high tech looking. Yep. It is also good for valleys in particular because it's slightly grippier. You think so? I think so overall for aluminum. Yeah. I I think uh Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I feel like it's a small difference, but maybe. That's just at least like customer feedback. People like it when I blast aluminum. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't like blasting aluminum, so I don't, but customers like it. Yeah. Well, it's labor intensive. So is there anything else you guys want to talk about before we wrap up? I think I got everything. Yeah, I'm good. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. Enjoy your whatever you celebrate. <laughs> Happy holidays. Hope we have some time off. What's that? Bye. Oh, bye. Uh, bye.